0: Uh, So welcome. Great to be in the room with you. Great that those who are online can now actually hear me. That's really awesome. We are in week three of our series, Living in the Light. We've looked at when we're in a relationship with Jesus, we can walk in the light of that relationship with purpose. And then last week, Edwina stepped us through. When we're in a relationship with Jesus, we can walk in the light with wisdom And I have to say the the image of the two pictures, Daylight Robbery and the Hall of Mirrors blew my mind. And I love what Kirsty said when you finished speaking, that after you speak, I feel smarter. I do too. So thank you for the wisdom that you bring us. That was astounding. And again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you seriously missed out on a brilliant message. Last Sunday look it up, watch it. It was awesome. So we've looked at purpose we've looked at wisdom and today we're going to talk about hope how being in a relationship with Jesus means that we can have hope and especially that we can have hope in dark times and in difficult times will you read along with me as I read to you from Psalm 27 and the psalmist declares The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold in my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And in Micah 7. Don't gloat over me, my enemy. And I think depression can be the enemy sometimes. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Will you pray with me? Lord God, creator of the universe, creator of this gorgeous rain, creator of this day, thank you. Thank you for each other. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for threatening to speak your word and declare that you are our Lord God Almighty. Lord, open our ears, open our hearts, open our eyes. We want to hear you, we want to know you, and we want to see you. Amen. So as you've heard us talk about, we are currently in the middle of one of the biggest festivals for many people who live in our area, and it's called the Festival of Light. It's called Diwali. Diwali. And in November every single year, there is large groups of people throughout the whole of the world and here in Northwest um, Sydney that celebrate the festival of light. So I did some reading about it. To those who can um, follow Jainism, it's about spiritual awakening. For those who adhere to Sikhism, it commemorates one of their gurus, freedom from imprisonment. For Buddhists, they celebrate the day that Lord Krishna defeated one of the demons. For the Hindus, it's a celebration of three things: victory of light over darkness, victory of good over evil, and the victory of knowledge over ignorance. I actually I learnt so much by reading about Diwali, and I was really challenged about the way that they spend. They dedicate time every single year to acknowledge these three things, these three victories. And I thought, what does that actually look like in their lives? So they stop to celebrate every November, but how does it impact every day and every week? And the more that I read, the more that I I think that as people who walk with Jesus... This is exactly what we can experience every day. This is the thing that we're invited to step into when we're invited to follow Jesus. Light over darkness, good over evil, and knowledge in ignorance. And so today what I want to do is actually share a bit of a testimony of a couple of times in my life, and once when I definitely did not step into lightness, and a time when I did. The first experience that I want to talk about is um, shortly after the death of my dad, I, I just turned 30, and his terminal cancer and his passing were a massive loss for me. I don't like admitting, but I will admit, that I fell into darkness. It was like I was sitting in the dark with a torch in my hand that I didn't turn on because I was a Christ follower. I had an intimate relationship with Jesus. I had the torch in my hand and I didn't turn it on. I felt hopeless. I felt like the biggest anchor in my life was gone, whereas the biggest anchor in my life was right with me. But I didn't stop to acknowledge it or to engage him, my God. I did not do that grief journey well. I'm not, it's embarrassing almost. When I look back and see that I got stuck in anger, I got stuck in denial, I got stuck in distraction and eventually depression with a capital D. And sitting there in the darkness with the torch in my hand and not turning it on, I look back now and go, how could, I, how could I not turn the torch on? How could I not engage the almighty God who was right with me? So let's fast forward a few years till this last season in Trev's and my life with two teenage children who are now gorgeous young adults. Some of you will know a little of Travis and our story of parenting. We came to parenting in a non-traditional way, let let me say. Um, Jack came to us when he was seven months old and Georgia, just ten months later, was six weeks old. We parented in the fostering system throughout their lives and engaged in many different... (laughs) Jumped through the hoops of um, that what fostering does and what it demands of of us foster carers, and after many years and lots of rigmarole, we were finally approved to adopt, and we did. Hallelujah! So we have this friend who used to call it. He'd greet us and go, "Hi, how's the great nature versus nurture experiment going?" And it felt like that. There were days when I felt like we we're in this battle between. I can see some nodding heads. What will come forth today? Nature, from birth family, or nurture, from Trevor and I? I actually prefer to call it the nature-nurture adventure because it was absolutely, definitely a big adventure, a big challenge. So throughout the years, we facilitated um, contact with birth family. We got to know birth mum and dad quite well. Well, birth mum very well. And then adolescence hit. (laughs) And in great situations, in really permanent um, situations, teenage years can be a bit tricky. And I felt for us it took on a whole other level of understanding what these two young people were going through. We began to see in our two... the characteristics, emotional health issues, and addiction issues of their birth family. And we were living with that day in and day out. After all of those years of parenting them and loving them, one of the things that broke my heart the most was that a lot of days I would see more of birth mum and dad in them than I would of Trevor and I. It's tough to kind of persevere through that. Wise friends would say, stay the course, use attached parenting skills, set clear boundaries, focus on the person, not the behaviours. And and I kind of felt like going, yeah, done that, doing that, keep doing that. It's still tough. (laughs) And I can remember sitting in yet another meeting with a medical professional, a counsellor and a psychiatrist. I was actually reading my notes last night and I thought, it sounds like the beginning of a joke a medical professional counsellor and a psychiatrist walking into a pub. It is not a joke. Um, And these three people sat there across the table from us and said, you just need to give them your time, your attention, validate their feelings, listen to them. And inside I was thinking, what do you think we've been doing? So Trevor and I have this little code. We're in meetings. You kind of have to develop a way of surviving these meetings. And the the code is for me to just stop speaking. I would. put my hand on his knee, I'd always make sure that in these meetings we sat together because I needed the support that we were doing this together. I'd put my hand on his knee and I'd just look at him because often it was a question that was being asked. And so that was my cue to say to Trevor, if I speak right now, I will regret what I'm about to say. So this question's all yours. But it also gave me a minute to take a deep breath because it was me acknowledging this moment's tough. And in that tough moment, Jesus helped me to not speak until I know that what I'm going to say is something resembling holiness. It was frustrating. And they were dark days and they were tough days. And it, and it felt like it got worse and worse. One of our kids started to run away. And, um, and there was a day when I didn't know where she was. It was terrifying. yes. I know, phones have apps on them, and she worked out how to turn it off. There was, I, I remember calling the police officer to say, she's gone, don't know where she is. And the compassion in their eyes was, was encouraging. I can remember one night, it was about 3 a.m., and I worked to the phone, my mobile phone ringing, and it was the parent of one of um, our kids' best mates, and this mum on the end of the phone, knowing it was 3am and that she'd just woken me up, said, oh look, I just wanted to let you know, George has just walked in the door. She's not doing well. And in that moment of, you know, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you, this startle thing happens, I thought she was 20 feet away, asleep soundly, happily in her bed and she'd snuck out. I know the best parking at Westmead Children's Hospital because I've been there so much. I know the best coffee shop to go to in Blacktown Hospital because I've been there so much. Tough days, right? And tough memories to carry. I can remember one memory we sat in a police station at um, West with Georgia. She was 17. We were waiting for her to be told that her boyfriend had lost his battle with addiction and had passed away the night before. He was 18 and three days old. What a tragedy. This is two weeks before her 18th birthday. That, the, the tragedy and the trauma and the dark darkness that you walk through with your loved ones, it's tough. But you have to walk it, you have to step into that space. So we carry these memories, Trevor and I, and and Georgia and Jack. We carry these memories with some grace, lots of grace. Why am I telling you this? It's actually all about today's story, all about the topic. How does walking in the light of a relationship with Jesus bring hope in those dark times? These are real dark times. How does being a Jesus follower change those, those moments? And in this month, where so many people throughout our suburbs and the world are celebrating Diwali and celebrating victory over darkness. We get to celebrate it every single day, every day, every week, every Sunday, every time we take communion. It's a celebration of victory, of the presence of Jesus in every moment, whether they're dark or light. In every moment, whether there's joy and triumph or pain and loss. So in my first experience, where I was grieving the loss of my dad, yes, Jesus was with me, but I did not harness the presence of the Holy God right next to me. In this last season, I was very aware of the presence of Jesus with us so often. And so often I would actually be sitting there in quietness, but inside calling out to God like the psalmist called out. I sit in darkness and yet I declare that you are the Lord. You are the Lord of light. Not long ago, I took myself off to get some counselling because that's always a really good thing to do when you're a bit stuck. My counsellor said to me, how is it in these dark times, how is it that you've stayed? There's light about you. How is that? So I went away and I thought about it. And I I walked, walked about it. I prayed about it. And I came up with three things that just, I realised, are foundational for me. And the first one is that I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was with me. That his presence was right at my shoulder. It's like, I don't know if you've you've got a friend who, who has the ability to just stand with you. They don't need to ask you questions. They don't need to ask you information about what you've gone through they just have the ability to stand next to you. They might put their hand on your arm because they can feel the pain, but you know they're there. And their very presence gives comfort. Their very presence can give you this strength to just move forward into the next moment. The Lord, my God, was with us in these moments. The divine, I am here. And so I learnt what we've talked about in Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of darkness, you are with me. It doesn't say when I get through the valley, I know that you will be there on the other side. Yes, He will be. It says I am in the valley, I am in darkness, I sit in darkness, you walk with me. And in Psalm 18, verse 28, you, Lord, light the path for me. And I sometimes feel like that's just the next step, not even the next step. Sometimes it's just as you put your foot out, you might not necessarily get a great long path of light, just enough. The second thing that I realized that was actually really important to me was that I lean on a God who is outside of time. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He was before all things. In all things, he was with me, he had gone ahead, he knew how this was going to end, he knew what this was going to be like on the other side, and he knew that we could handle it. It it helped me to stay strong, just knowing that the Lord God Almighty knew. The third thing that spurred me on to hang on to the light of my relationship with Jesus in the darkness is that I believe without a shadow of a doubt that we had been called for this, that we had been set aside to parent these two gorgeous human beings. And if so, if that was the mission, if that was the ministry, if that was the calling, i better give it my 150%. So... Number one, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that God was with me. That's presence. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that he was outside of time, Alpha and Omega, creator of the universe, creator of me. That's power, the power of the creator God. And thirdly, I knew that God had called us to this task, and that's purpose. Presence, power, and purpose. And I'm really sorry it's three Ps, but it just happened. I know it's great, isn't it? I always admire preachers who can do the three-letter thing. I don't know how you do it. But anyway, it just happened. And that really helps me. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the dark moment, I can go, God, I know you are with me. I know that your power is within me by the presence of your Holy Spirit, and I know that you have called us to this. So let's go back to the verses that I read right at the beginning. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear The Lord is the stronghold in my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And in Micah. It's almost like he's taunting. He's going, go ahead, enemy. Depression, anger, denial, whatever. Gloat. Off you go. Gloat away. Though I have fallen. I have fallen. That's okay to admit. I will rise. And though I sit in the darkness right now, in the darkness, Lord, you will be my light. So as followers of Jesus, we will sit in darkness at times. We will. If we denied that, that's just crazy. There will be times when we will fall. Falling down is not the sin. Sitting in darkness is not the sin. It's what we do while we're in the darkness. It's what we do when we hear the the tiny touch of the Holy Spirit on our shoulders saying, I am the divine and I am with you. What, What we do with that is what's important. So his presence, his power by the infilling of the Holy Spirit and his purpose are ours. These three things are not mine uniquely. They're not ours uniquely, Trevor and I. They are available to us all. So from a purely practical point of view, how do we do this? How do we engage relationship with Jesus that actually brings light into the darkness? It's not rocket science and we've talked about this a lot and we actually need to make a decision to invest time and energy in a relationship with God, to read his word, to study it, to memorise it, to meditate it, fall in love with it, listen to Ed's sermon again, fall in love with the psalms and if you don't know where to start, talk to Ed. There is so much richness and gorgeousness and challenge in the scripture. Start somewhere, a psalm a day. Where should they start? Someone, I suppose. Someone, yeah. Start anywhere. A psalm a day. Read through a gospel again. If you haven't read it for the last five years, read one of them again. Read Acts. Listen to Watch the Holy Spirit change the world. So as we watch our neighbours celebrate Diwali, as we literally watch huge chunks of the world celebrate victory of light over darkness, good over evil, knowledge over ignorance, know that we have a living God who lives with us and in us, who goes before and has called us to live in light, to live in good and to live in knowledge, the knowledge that the Holy Spirit can bring to us through his word. Let me read to you from Isaiah sixty. Arise, Jerusalem. It could be arise, engage. It could be arise, Jeff and Lorraine. It could be rise, Barco and Lorraine. Arise, Jerusalem. Let your light shine. This is a command, it's an absolute command. This is not an optional extra. Let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord will shine on you. Darkness, As black as night covers the earth in many nations, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you and in you. I added the in you, by the way, sorry. All nations will come to your light. People will come to the light. People will will be drawn to the Jesus in you. They don't know what they're being drawn to. Back to the scripture. All the nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will see the radiance of the Lord in you. And in John 1, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the, but the darkness cannot overcome it. So for those of us who choose to follow Jesus and celebrate the festival of the lights every minute of every day of every week, I wrote this next thing and thought of Clive because it's, it's a song. Jesus, the light of the world, bringing light to dark places. For God created the heavens and the earth. This is the almighty God. He created the light that is in you and that can come from you and that you can step into. Jesus, the light of the world, defeated good. Uh, sorry, defeated evil with good on the cross. He defeated death by his resurrection. Jesus, the light of the world, offers you knowledge and wisdom and truth through his word and through our relationship with the Holy Spirit as we pour ourselves into scripture and meditate upon it. That's knowledge. That's wisdom. That's the kind of wisdom I want, not worldly wisdom. So today is about me saying to you, wherever you are in your relationship with Jesus, step into the light, acknowledge the light, turn the torch on, engage him, be in relationship with him more tomorrow than you were today. Make it a priority. And as you see signs for Diwali, acknowledge that as... Those communities celebrate victory over light, victory of good, the victory of knowledge. We celebrate that every minute of every day. So, living life with Jesus, living in the light, means we can live with purpose, it means we can live with wisdom. And it means that we can live with hope regardless of the dark. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we are humble before your power. We are humble before your creative energy that lives in us. Lord God, we praise you as the one who brings victory over darkness. We praise you as the one who has victory over evil. We praise you as the one who brings knowledge where there was ignorance and we ask that you would, in us, be light to this world. In us, be good. In us and through us, be knowledge. That you would bring wisdom. Lord, use us to be your light. Every minute of every day and in every relationship that we're in, Lord, we want to be light bringers use us in Jesus precious name